Welcome back to Ordinal Revolution. My name is Shizzy on this channel. We cover the entire Ordinal ecosystem. What's up, guys? We have another amazing show for you guys today. You guys know we've been really digging into this art thing. We've had so many really good artists on, and today is an another one of those episodes. We have the great Boozy, Boozy.btc. This guy, he's one of the members of Counterculture. He is uh, really, really um, amazing, at, at, you know, really bringing other artists to 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 the, to the stage and he's really given uh really given a lot a lot of things going for a lot of artists and we figured out we had prism on it's time to get boozy on so today's that day so without further ado we bring in my partner as always mr yagoi what's up buddy what is up man i'm excited we got boozy boozy yeah, man we yeah. hear a lot of good things about Boozy, man. We're a lot of good things um, from Bean. He always talks good stuff about him. And, you know, it's, and Prism, obviously, in, in the, the last episode, really gave us uh, a good idea who Boozy is. But today we really get to find out. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, I feel like since I got into Ordinals, I've, I've seen Boozy around. And he's obviously been there before me. But, you know, um, I feel like he's kind of been in different groups, right? Like, obviously, with Ninja Alerts you know he's the main artist with that and then yeah. um the whole gamma prints thing I, I i copped both of those quick the the first two drops the so first lucky two, yeah so the lucky. first two bears and then um you know and then counterfeit culture you know that's yeah. huge because in it that's a huge movement in itself you know uh him and yeah. prism seem to be a great tandem um and onboarding artists and they're doing it in a way to where i feel like their operations are a little bit like you know kept within which is how you should probably do it and then yep. but then like you see the new artists work every every season or like whenever they have like a like a, a new drop for a new artist they 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 de make sure to highlight him that him or yeah. her in the right way right so I, I think they do a great job for exposure for their artists yeah so did I, did I say counterculture or counterfeit culture? You, you said counterculture. Counter okay, like, I meant counterfeit culture. Yeah. I know what it is. I know what it is. But yeah, okay. All good, all good. So without further ado, let's bring them in. What's up, Boozy? Hey, GM guy, Shizzy, Yagobi. It's good to see you. Thank you for having me on. Um, excited stuff, man. How's it going? What's uh, How you living? How, how are things today? Good man, good. good. Man. Pre appreciate having you on. We know you're super busy. You got a lot of stuff going on, so we really do appreciate you jumping on, spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks, and, and thank you for being patient with me today. Um, it's, it's been a crazy day. I'm running out of ex excuses to say it's been a crazy day every day <laughs> now in this space. And you guys know, in this ordinal space, uh, the NFT Web three space, but specifically ordinal space, it moves at you know a million years a minute. So we all do our best to try to keep up and to try to show up every day and just um, not lose track of things too much. Um, getting to a point where I feel like I might need an assistant or something, but you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We, we definitely know how that is like us getting into it, like every day researching, you know, trying to reach out to people like yourself to get on the show. Uh, we see how fast it moves. And, and for someone that like you, that's in multiple different projects and different groups, I can't imagine like how busy that can be for you. So um yeah we're excited for 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 today's show and for the ordinal space to learn more about you yeah yeah so um yeah let's dive right in let me go ahead and uh crack a pint nice <laughs> nice what are, yeah, what are you sipping on uh today we've got so my drink of choice and it's a bit of a joke in, in the community is um a michelada um, i love micheladas micheladas <laughs> what, is, what is a michelada yeah it's like it's it's i love them like so a lot of my art is very um michelada driven but today it's just a regular old highlight 
IPA, Florida's best. You know, just it's what I had. Nice, nice. Shizzy was asking what a michelada is. I think it's a Bloody Mary type mixed with a beer, right? Something yeah, similar yeah. to that. Like it's just basically like, you know, good old fashioned, any beer you want, but I I would love to have um a Corona and some V8 if I'm feeling a little fancy, if I got some money, but otherwise like some Clamato and a butter. <laughs> you know. Gotta get that expensive stuff, the V8 <laughs> yeah, top shelf. If I can afford it, if it's if it's a good day and Bitcoin's up over twenty eight thousand, I'm having I'm having the V8. <laughs> Nice. I can't wait for what's see with forty eight thousand. Are you getting some Patron? <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. I love my tequila. Yeah, man. All right, so um, let's uh just dig right into it. So on the show, obviously, we like to dig up projects. We love art, but um, we really like to get to know the person. If you can kind of take us back as far as back as possible and kind of give us uh, your backstory, your origin story, as it, as some might say. Uh yeah, sure. So so my my artistic background goes back, you know, just like I said, and many other artists, it goes back many 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 years. I mean, I. I've been drawing and doodling since I was, since I can remember as a child. I mean, I remember being um, a child and going, I couldn't afford like the, 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 the art supplies and paper. So when I was, you know, young and poor, I would, I would go to the library and I would tear out the, you know, the blank pages at like the front of a book, like <laughs> one or two blank pages, simply at the front or the rear of a book, I would just go through a library and I would just tear them out and I would grab, you know, I'd, pick up a book and take one, pick up another book and take one and go home with a stack of like blank paper. Cause at home I had like a composition notebook or something with the lines on it. I hated it. I wanted that blank paper. So that was my, uh, that was my little way to get a hold of something like that. And then, you know, until I can get things like printer paper as, as a, as a kid in like middle school, I remember like getting like a, a ream of printer paper was like Christmas for me. It's a lot of drawing material to work with, you know? So, um, yeah, it was an art forever. Um, you know, pushed my way through graphic design in college, uh, found out pretty quickly that there's not a lot of money in graphic design. It'll quickly be replaced by a 12-year-old with a MacBook. So I dropped that out of, out of college pretty quickly. Um, had an experience in graffiti in my youth, got caught just one time, got in trouble and decided it's probably not the best path. So I gave that up after about a year or two. And um did a lot of painting, sold a lot of physical paintings. That was my thing in my 20s. Uh, a lot of physical paintings at, you know, brew houses, um, any kind of gallery I can find locally. And it really wasn't until like JPEG summer of 2021, right? When everything was just going madness. I, I decided to try out NFTs and digital art. I mean, I've always done digital art from, you know, years before that, going back to like, I don't know, 2015, as soon as iPads and the Apple Pencil, whatever that was a thing, I got into that right away and didn't really see a lot of, you know, benefit in digital art and publishing digital art because of the, the right click save narrative, right? You can just save someone's work and there was no, you know, no way to sell that. And I finally kind of dug into it in 2021 and realized that there is something there that as an artist, you can take control of your work. There's things like creator royalties, smart contracts. And that really set me down like that rabbit hole all over again, you know, because at that time I was already investing in Bitcoin. I was already buying Bitcoin. I was already starting to understand what hard money was because of Bitcoin. So it's like that rabbit hole. And then this rabbit hole of smart contracts and NFTs. And from there, it's like, I ha I'm sitting currently next to a piece of canvas for a painting. I started like two years ago, ever since NFTs, like, and this is back in like 2021, I started this painting. I haven't touched it. 
I'm sitting right wow. next to it. I just haven't touched it because of digital art. I've just been so focused on the digital side of things that I haven't even picked up a paintbrush. I try, I've tried. I've had to pick it up and just kind of stare at the canvas, but I'm just, there's so many ideas in my head digitally that I've always gone right back to the iPad and, and, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator. So, um, yeah, I've become obsessed with digital art and what it means for artists ever since that JPEG summer moment. That's awesome. So how, how was that JPEG summer moment for me, for you? Did you like really pick it up and, and run with it and really get in on a lot of the, uh, the, the collections or was it just misery after misery? Well, it was, it was, so being like, um, you know, I, I used to call myself a recovering Bitcoin maxi. I, I got wrecked like everyone else, you know, around like the ICO days, you know, yeah. 2017, every little every, but at the time you could, you could throw money at pretty much any coin and make a little money if you were smart. Yeah. But I, I've never been a good trader. I got wrecked so hard. I lost a lot of my Bitcoin trying to chase these things. So that really kind of solidified the Bitcoin maximalist in me at that time around 2018, 2019. And so I found stacks because I wanted to I wanted to do this NFT thing. I wanted to give it a shot, but I still wasn't sold on messing with things like Ethereum or whatever chains. I mean, Tezos was one I was kind of interested in because of the the artwork community that Tezos had, but I wasn't interested in messing with it because I wanted to mess with Bitcoin. So I found stacks and that was the closest thing to Bitcoin as far as I knew at that time. So dove into that directly. And I started reaching out to uh, Gamma at the time it was STX NFT. At the time it was, uh, there was another one called Byzantian, um, which is now like Tradeport. I think they've changed their name to since then. But this is back when Stacks was even, Stacks NFTs were very new. I'm talking within a couple of months of Stacks NFTs being something that was something. And I was reaching out to all these co-founders and talking to like Nick, very, very one-on-one -on -one at the time and trying to get him to help me with this stuff. And they didn't really have creator portals back then. So you basically had to work with like the co-founders of these places or these, these marketplaces directly to have them put your work on Stacks. So they ended up helping me launch my first collection, which was um, a 24 piece collection called booze brains on stacks. And it was just, I was so welcomed by the community at the time. I was very into um, Negapont and maybe from their Negapont, it's a stacks community. Yeah. I, I was very involved with them at the time. That was, that was my first experience buying NFTs and trading NFTs through Negapont and stacks. So, I mean, immediately I made this drop of 24 pieces that sold out within like a minute or two. Wow. Uh, because of the community, because of the them, they, they, they showed up to support me. Mm -hmm. So I was like hooked at that point. And again, at the time, Stacks was the only thing that was the closest way to putting your artwork on Bitcoin. So I was full into Stacks. I really didn't touch Ethereum. Only recently, I've kind of dabbled in Ethereum a little bit just to experiment. Um, but it's not something I intentionally do a lot of. I'm, I'm very Bitcoin focused. And then, of course, once Ordinals became an option and that was a, a bit of a wake up moment for me as well, because up until that point, up until, you know, January or February of this year, when Ornals kind of started getting some heat, I thought I was putting my work on Bitcoin through stacks. Hmm. So I learned a little more at that time of kind of the ins and outs of a blockchain and how this all really works. And I realized, OK, stacks is not I mean, it's settling with Bitcoin or it settles on Bitcoin. But you're not putting your work on Bitcoin like I had thought. And so ordinal theory just kind of blew my mind, you know, how you're actually able to now put your artwork literally on chain. 
you know, and, and then that, and then after, of course, everything started falling apart with the bear market. And now there's some NFTs in my wallets that I have across Ethereum where you go to look at it and the image is gone. It's no longer being hosted, you know, by whoever was hosting it at the time. So I've learned a lot about how, what it really means to put your work actually on chain. So Ordinals to me has been like this godsend of a situation or, or a moment in time where now I just want to bring every artist into this with me. I'm obsessed with this concept of kind of, it's almost like religion. Like I want to show every artist that I talk to or I come across like this thing that is ordinals in a way to really secure your, your artwork, hopefully permanently, right? It's supposed to be immutable. Um, and if Bitcoin keeps running, then it will be. And fingers crossed. I mean, I know, I know a lot of us have a lot of equity in Bitcoin. So if it doesn't work out, we're all fucked. Yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, that's kind of the story of where I was from the beginning to now. But ever since February, January, when Ordals picked up, I've I really dug in my heels and I decided this is where I'm going to make my mark for as long as um, as long as the world will let me. Yeah, that's an awesome backstory, um, especially of when you were younger and getting those books from the library. Did you never get caught for, for doing that? No, no. I mean, I would just, you know, I was I was nice about it. If there was two white blank pages, I would take one. Move gotcha. on <laughs> no, but it's a, it is an amazing story. You know, just the passion of being an artist, it, that that part of your backstory just screams your passion, uh, you know, throughout your whole story. But, you know, a question that I have for you is, you know, coming over to Bitcoin uh, ordinals, not the stacks part, because uh, ordinals is definitely different. We know like with the inscription numbers, the rare sats, all that stuff. But even more than that, there's like this new skill set that art digital artists can acquire in ordinals and that's learning some of the coding part to be able to do like recursion and stuff how have you seen that like have you approached that like have you dove head on into that or are you kind of taking your time with that do you see that as like a barrier of entry or as like a feature of becoming like a like a, another skill set added to digital artists it's both i mean it's definitely a barrier to entry um and, but it's also it's also a skill set. So it's definitely both of those things. So starting with like the barriers entry problem, um, that's the first thing Prism and I, you know, the co-founder of Counterfeit Culture with me. I'm, you know, I'm his co-founder, I like to say. He, he, he's at the helm of that ship. I just tag along with him. Um, that's the first thing we have to explain to artists that are interested is there is a massive barrier to entry because of the file size requirements. You have to fit, you know, your art on four megabyte Bitcoin block of which you if you're lucky, we'll get 400 kilobytes of um, massive merits entry. There is a lot of technical challenges, but it's 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 fascinating and it's 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 really interesting because you're teaching someone who's already learned something that is unique. So Web three in itself, if you look at Web three from a very broad standpoint of wallets and seed phrases, you know, starting that high level, you can't talk to nine out of 10 people you would walk or experience every day. If you go to the coffee shop and you ask someone what a seed phrase is or what a, what a Web3 wallet is, most people have zero idea what that is. So we are in this weird bubble of tech and it's it's really cool for us to understand like the, the self-sovereignty of not your keys, not your cheese. You know, And if you lose your seed phrase, you lose everything. So there is like this, this self-reliance of Web3. But then you can take that even further with with inscriptions and Bitcoin and ordinals. So it's like you're already, you're teaching people that are already like in this elite group of web three nerds, 
another nerdy thing. It's like another layer down. It's like inception. It's like, let's go within a dream with a dream, you know, it's completely different, but same, same, but different, but still same. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting concept to teach someone. And you feel weird when you're talking like these artists, you feel like you're like, like, you don't like talk to them. Like they're stupid. You're like, I know you understand web three, but there's another level of it. I have to explain to you. And this is why. Because every artist is like, I don't get it. Like, why can't I just drop a 50 megabyte piece of art on Bitcoin? I'm like, eh, eh, pump the brakes. There's a lot to understand here. So it's definitely a barrier to entry. Absolutely a huge barrier to entry. But it's also, as you said, it's a feature. It's another skill to learn. It's another thing you can teach yourself. And I, I am just now starting to order like the equipment that I need and everything I need to run my own, throw my own note. You know, and like I should have been running a note years ago, but something like ordinals is going to push a lot of people to that level. It's going to like, it's going to expand upon what makes Bitcoin so great. It's going to make people run their own nodes that otherwise may not have done that. So I, I think it's a huge feature um, as much as it is a bug. It's a weird like, you know, dilemma in a way. I mostly rely on Prism and counterfeit culture and the team there, like EOM is um, our, our, our lead like developer I rely on them a lot to help me with this stuff. And I'm very blessed to have that. I'm very lucky to have them. So I can throw them a piece of art and say, hey, can you put this on chain? Um, I want it on this Satoshi. I want this on a Silk Road sat, you know, whatever it may be. I'm very lucky to have that. But I, I do have to, um, I do understand that there is an importance in teaching myself the same things and giving myself the same resources and the same tools so that I can be, you know, self-sovereign, do this stuff on my own. So um yeah, it's, it's both of those things. It's a barrier to entry as much as it is a feature and, and uh, something very important that I think everyone should take the time to learn in this space. Yeah, yeah I definitely I definitely agree. Um, you just you said something about um, uh, putting on with Satoshi. Um, how, how important are the rare sats to you? And do, or, and like what's what, what do you think is that like what's the come with that? Like what's is that something that we're going to always be different makes us different from other chains? I, I think so. I think it's um. I'm not, I'm not crazy about like the, the rare set part of it per se. Like, I mean, I, I get, I get the value in it. It's, it's the equivalent in my opinion of collecting like rare coins, you know, but they're not, it's not just the rare coins. That's cool. I mean, it'd be great to collect like, you know, if you're looking at it like in us dollar terms, if there was a quarter and there was only a thousand of these quarters ever in existence, it's pretty badass to collect that. And by nature, I think human, human beings are collectors. I mean, I, I got a feeling you both, collected Pokemon cards with me back in the day, right? I mean, how cool. <laughs> I did. Like, remember that, that feeling? It didn't, it, like, it was, it didn't matter. It was cool and it felt good to collect these cards. It felt good to open up the packs and chase these things. The yep. same thing applies. That's like a human instinct. That's a human nature. We're, we're never not going to want to collect things. So I love that it gives us this layer of collectability. And I, I mean, it's fun to go on like any marketplace, whether it be Satting or Magisat or, you know, even Magic Eden now has their platform for rare sats. It's fun to scroll through and look for the sat you want, find it, and feel like you found one you wanted and you found a good deal on it. It's exciting. It's human instinct. But from an art standpoint, it's it's the equivalent of I look at it like um it's it's your canvas. You know, when you go to the store it, as an artist and you're buying canvas for your paintings, there are a number of options. There's your typical you know, kind of cheapo canvas, a little bit on the discount side. It typically comes in a pack of 10 or something like that. And then you have what we would call like a gallery wrapped canvas where it's much thicker. It comes with like sturdy wood. Um, you can even buy some pieces of canvas that are made with different types of wood, oak and this and that. 
And then um, you might enjoy painting on a wall, you know, a concrete wall um, that maybe you shouldn't be painting on. Um, it's the same thing, I think. It's, it's, it's nothing more than a canvas. So to have your black stats, your Silk Road stats, your Hitman stats, I think from an art standpoint, it just increases and adds to the narrative behind the art piece that you're working on. I, I, I remember in the beginning when sats were rare sats and exotic sats were kind of first happening. It was kind of a new thing. It seemed like everyone was just inscribing anything they could on these sats. And I thought that was kind of stupid. Like, you, you know, you're, if anything, you're just like, you're just, you're just ruining that sat. You know, you're, you're painting on a good sat. Now, if you use it for a narrative, you know, like, for example, I'm working on this collection now um, that is very tied to the narrative of Silk Road. The entire collection is going to be based on everything Silk Road and, and Ross and each piece is on a Silk Road set. So that kind of adds to that narrative. You know, like the piece we did today with um, kind of fake culture with Eka was on a, a palindrome and everything she does is. There's a lot of numbers in hers, a lot of number based things in her work. So using a number palindrome it makes sense. Like it adds to the narrative. And then Zilla was an artist we had. He's a graffiti artist. Like he used block nines for his. And there's there's a narrative thing there. So I think if you use them right, it's awesome. It adds to the the coolness of your and the novelty of your art. But um, I don't think there's a benefit in inscribing on rare or exotic stats just to do it. I think what makes it cool is it just kind of adds to the the story and the narrative and the character behind the art. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, you, you know, I I think that there's you know a, a separation of artists that have passion um, whenever they're they're creating this digital art, and then like there's this whole collector uh, community, and I think the rare sats and early inscriptions are added layers of value that really can get like the like the 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 kid in you you know, like the Pokemon ripping the Pokemon packs or sports cards for me. Right. And, um, you know, so I think really just finding the, the market fit for different, uh, you know, different projects within ordinals, it's going to work. Right. And then like some artists just don't care. They just want to just put their art out there. So I think that's where I'm seeing the difference there, but, um, I'm excited about it. Cause I, I do feel like the collector side is just going to grow so much more over here. Yeah, and like you know, and and going back to the Pokemon card reference, I mean, it works in two directions. Where, how, I mean, you guys can probably remember too how cool it was to have like the right notebook, like the right the right trapper keeper or whatever you'd call those things back then of your cards. Like that was equally as cool. You yeah. felt like a badass showing up to the you know lunch table and boom, dropping this thing on the on the lunch table, and it's this dope fucking you know, Trapper Keeper and you got your stickers all over it and then inside of your Pokemon cards and you felt good about that. So it's the same kind of concept, I think, is like these rare stats are like that Trapper Keeper in a way. Like they're, there's that next layer of cool for whatever, whatever it is you're doing or whatever it is you're inscribing. So the more tools we can have to add to that narrative, the more cool shit we can have to tell our story, it's like, bring it on, you know? It's like uh, the same reason we, we wear like certain clothes and stuff, same concept. We, we ultimately want to show off our stuff. And as an artist now in Bitcoin, we have an option to show off our stuff on a cool set. So it's yeah. like double M. Yeah, there's there's so many different uh, things you can do with that narrative. You know, imagine like a product coming out, a digital product coming out, it's doing randomized mints in in, in a, a, a mint of a hundred. There's like, you know, 
I don't know, like five uncommons that are on there and you just randomly hit them whenever you meant that would bring that little kid out of you. Right. Or like, like, like Boozy said, you know, uh, it's a special premium Prince edition drop with all on special sats or something like that. So that's a genius idea. What you just said. I mean, if you're minting something, that's an added level of, of like metadata or traits, you know, like when I, when I look at like collections on, you know, I'll use OpenSea as an example because OpenSea has these tools and these features and it's very robust, but I love to run through the metadata and search for pieces in that NFT collection by the metadata. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Goblin Town? You are. Yeah. 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 I was, I'm a huge Goblin Town like fan. I was, I was in on that. I bought the fucking top as I do. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, but I, but I really enjoyed going through the metadata and the names they had for these traits were bizarre. They weren't like, black face you know like uh black t-shirt it was like bizarre words that made no sense mm-hmm. but again it was that added layer of like collectability of weirdness of cool which is one more thing to add to the metadata or to add to the collectability that scratches all that natural collector instinct that we have as human beings so i mean if yeah if there was a project minting and you may or may not pull a rare stat with a cool picture tied to it that's cool. That's fun. Same concept. It's like opening up that Pokemon card pack and maybe you get that Charizard. Maybe you don't, you know, but when you do, there's nothing quite like that feeling. Yeah. And I think it's even better over here though, because it's actually inscribed on Bitcoin and you, you know, you could eventually probably put it on a cold wallet. And I was telling Shizzy, who knows what the future looks like with these collectability uh, communities. They might have their own conventions and trade with like, they all have their wallets there or something. We don't know where it's going to go, but I'm excited about it because I come from a collector background. My family and stuff uh, do that with tangible collectibles. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's something that's um, never going away. And and like, like you said, it's, it's you know, it's um, I would love to see this go more physical, too. So you just said that about like having your wallets out and whatnot. Like I, I would show up to that event. If there's an event I can go to, we can just sit around and swap swap stuff between wallets like that. I can just show up and say, hey, let's trade this for that. It's like those old Pokemon card days, man. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. man. That, that that's actually an amazing idea that I I haven't seen really anyone use yet. Like like opening packs here, and when you open that pack, um, it's on a uh, uncommon. Like your the the Charizard uh of the you know is on the uncommon, and the rest of them are on common sets, and that's your holographic. You know, and you get that. Oh wow, it's on an uncommon. It's like oh wow, it's it's a hollow, or oh wow, it's it's a it's a Charizard non-hollow. And that's that's really that's a really amazing idea. I haven't seen anyone even think of that yet. And, and you, what you could do is just have like uh, other sats in there too, uh, attached to other ones that aren't as rare. You know, like yep. uh, block nines, block seven eights, whatever. And then and then just common sats or whatever. So it is like opening a pack. And maybe we oh. shouldn't release this video so quickly. <laughs> and then we we develop get join the BTC startup lab and <laughs> get, get a developer. And then Boozy's our artist. There we go. I'm here pitching gold. It's like right now, someone just someone <laughs> took this idea. And it's, it's just a gold idea. And I love this. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Amen. Um, I want to get your opinion on something. So a, a lot of artists, they, they hate the, the 10K P, um, PFP collections, you know, your frogs and stuff like that. And and But there's some people that actually like them and enjoy them. And um, you, you seem to be someone who actually is, is okay. With, the company is, a, is an amazing artist, but it's actually okay with the, um this, you know, your template type of PFP collection. I was wondering if you, if you could talk about that and, and your feelings towards the, the, the 10K collections over the, um you know, the 
the one two here there ones yeah yeah i mean um i personally as an artist i i i would never do a 10k like it's just not for me like i i i appreciate scarcity um and that's that in itself is a very challenging thing because it's like your options are produce work or don't and the moment you stop producing work especially in this space as fast as it moves you'll be forgotten so I had no choice but to produce work and I want to produce work. And I want that to sound like a negative thing. I want to produce the work, but I, I, I favor smaller collections. Um, me personally, I have, I have a number of random collections that are out there now between stacks and Bitcoin and they're all like low, low supply. I mean, I'm talking like 40, you know, 40 supply is like a right click inscribe that we did. Um, you know, blues brains was 24. There was another one on stacks called creature feature, that was 69. Like I, I appreciate smaller supply personally as an artist. I'd rather do multiple collections with different styles and different concepts with a lower supply than I would like a 10K. Even with like Ninja Alerts coming up, like that was the first thing I asked when I was approached by Trevor is, you know, I expect him to say, you know, 10,000 or some kind of large number. And it's just not my vibe. Um, thankfully, it only it ended up being 1,500, which this collection of 1,500 will now be the largest collection I've ever done. Okay. Um, and I, and I, and even then, like, even then I was like, how do you feel about bringing that back down to like a thousand? <laughs> no, like, this is the number we want to do. You know, it makes sense. Like there's obviously like a lot to that. And I understand why they'd want to do that 1500. Um, so that's the largest collection I've ever done. And it, and it very well might be the largest collection that I ever do. Um, I do have a dream one day of doing my own, like, like my flagship ship collection, um, but I don't see it exceeding, you know, 600, 900 pieces at most, you know, it's just how I roll, but I, I love a good 10 K I do as a collector, as a DGen, I love a good 10 K collection. I love PFPs. I don't think PFPs are dead. I mean, the narrative for a moment there was that PFPs are dead. And I, I believe that that narrative came to be only because PFPs burned a lot of people. Like I said, I bought Goblin Town at the top. I lost thousands yeah. on on Goblin. I lost thousands in Nakamigos. I lost a lot of money. It is what it is. This is the gamble that we play, you know. And it's and you don't have you're not going to have these DGen plays, and you're not going to have that seat at the table in the casino unless you have these 10k collections. And the added benefit is we're not just gambling on black and red. We're gambling on a picture with some really cool traits behind it that I get to hang on to forever. If I lose my money, okay, I still have my little picture. It's worth all of like 80 bucks, but I'm happy to have it. So I'm a huge fan of 10Ks. I think 10Ks have an absolute place and they always will. I mean, um, and I mentioned Nakamigos. I, I appreciate what they did by going to a 20K collection. I'm not happy they dropped, you know, Cloaks, which is another 20K collection because obviously my bags fell even further. And I lost a little money there again, but it's it's fun. It's fun. It's um it's something unique because those 10Ks allow that broad distribution. They allow the the project to reach a lot of collectors and a massive community. Um, you don't get that with the collections that I do. With a 40 collection, you know, 40 piece collection, I have all of like maybe 25 collectors of that that collection right there. I mean, it's it's small enough to where I'm not reaching a lot of people. So, um, yeah, there's, an, there's absolutely a benefit in 10Ks. I love a good 10K, um, but it's not for everyone, and I understand that, and I can see why. But 
yeah, me personally, I'm a big fan of PFPs. I, I will probably always want to do PFP collections. Um, they're just fun. I genuinely really enjoy playing with the traits and all these things. Like the Ninja Lurks collection has been so much fun to do. Um, it reminded me of how much fun it is to, to do that and play with things like uh, the generators of, you know, the hat changes, the eyes change, yada, yada, yada. It's just a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of 10Ks and PFP collections in general. Yeah, I, I don't think PFPs will ever die until uh, people with large following stop using them as their PFP, you know? And I feel like branding is such a big part of Twitter, which is now X, and people that are in the crypto space that have large followings always brand with their PFP. So there'll always be a place for it, in my opinion. And what's cool, too, about PFPs is that they're, they are they are becoming very mainstream. I mean... PFPs in the sense that we refer to PFPs as PFPs are relatively new, but at the same time, PFPs have been a thing forever, yeah. whether it be, whether it be your personal picture, whether it yeah. be whatever you want to use. I mean, going back, if you guys are gamers, you know that everyone always has some kind of gaming profile photo. It's, it's not a new yep. concept by any means, but I think in our little bubble we live in the web three, it made it very mainstream. I mean, I've seen, I've been seeing PFPs like, random little yellow ninja cats on LinkedIn. And it blew my mind to see like these NFT style PFPs on LinkedIn. These are professional people applying for jobs for a 200,000 a year dollar salary. And they've got a, you know, ninja cat on their profile picture. It's mind blowing, but that's the world we live in. And I think it's really cool that we come to that point. And then you've got things like, um, you know, Apple and iMessage now. I mean, how many times have you been on iMessage and you text somebody and it says, hey, do you want to update their photo to whatever their iMessage like account yada yada and it's a cartoon kitty or something it's it's the world we live in now it's um yeah. pfps are not dead pfps are just getting started i i agree i definitely agree um i want to get into something else so you you spoke about goblin town um goblin town is kind of the reason why i'm so bullish on ordinals and i kind of want to get your opinion on this um so back in july Goblin Town, um, the, something happened with the royalties on OpenSea, and Goblin Town got pissed off, and they changed all the pictures to the middle finger. And um, that right there just got me so, so like bearish on NFTs, and then Ordinals come around, right? And uh, so that, that really got me bullish Ordinals, knowing that, you know, once it's inscribed, that is, and it's in your wallet. Nobody can change that. Do you, in your opinion, do you think these AWS type chains are dead? And ordinals is like the only option now. No, I think I think there's a place for both. Um, like I I I really enjoy a good metadata change. When Goblin Town did what they did with those middle fingers, I fucking loved it. I remember waking up. Okay. I woke up in bed. I, I you know I was I, I was you know back then I was looking at my wallet like every morning i kind of go look at, look at my open sea yada yada just kind of check it out but i remember waking up one morning and seeing that and i didn't blink I just rolled over to my wife and i was like check this out because she bought the top <laughs> she bought the top with me she's a true dj um mm-hmm. i rolled over and showed her i was like this is what we lost our money on and i just kind of put it in her face she's like, what is that i'm like i don't know but it's hilarious <laughs> i thought it was the funniest thing ever and i appreciate that like i appreciate really? meta- I'm yeah by that i appreciate a good metadata flip like I I love like what Jack Butcher has done with things like checks and um, you know the Opepin edition. Like I love flipping metadata. I love the ability to change those things. Um, but there's a time and a place for it, right? 
I think the hard the hard lesson with with, with with Goblin Town, as you're saying, the hard lesson was it reminded people or didn't even remind them. It showed people that you really don't own much of anything. You really don't. Um, and that's why Ordinals has the power narrative that it does, because it is yeah. it is it is immutable. <clears throat> it is fine. It is what it is. And I, I think if anyone ever wants to create something where it's like, oh, we can flip the metadata on ordinals, I, I don't want I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want that. There are chains, there's Ethereum for that. If you want to do these things, you want to have this kind of flexibility, there's Ethereum for that. But if you want immutability, if you want to know very well what it is you're either buying or collecting and that will never change, that's ordinals. So it's like um it's like both sides of the coin, you know, it's like there's yeah. there's room for both. There's always a narrative for both. Um, but that's why as an artist, I do really, really, really preach the Ordinals narrative because it would suck to like, you know, to it would suck for both the collector and the artist to create some kind of art and you put it out there. And then in five years, it's, it's just it's a blank 404 page. You know, um, that won't happen with Ordinals, hopefully, yeah. as long as we keep these indexers going. Um so I appreciate both sides of that coin, though, to answer your question. That's that's a, that's a really good perspective on that, because I, I, I've i talked to a lot of people and everyone usually just says that's why ordinals are amazing. And it's actually nice to, to actually hear that, because I didn't even think about that. It, it, it might be, you know, it, it might be a, a project that wants to constantly change their metadata. So, yeah, thank you for that. Well, I'm running a collection now. Like I have an old collection on Stacks called See Yourself Out, where the... The, the purpose of that collection was to flip the metadata every so often. I made that very clear, like going on, like when you buy is a hundred piece collection, when you buy these NFTs or these pieces of art, they will change. And I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to give you a heads up. I'm just going to change them on you. And that's just, that's just the fun of it. That's, that's the game we're playing together as a collector. That's what you're getting into is knowing that this art will not always be the same, uh, which is kind of why I called it see yourself out is that they would just change on you like that. And, but, you know, Ornals had happened shortly after I dropped that collection. So I've kind of put that in the back burner. I've been letting my collectors know that I'm still working on that. Um, I'm actually probably going to, I'm probably going to, it sounds weird now saying it out loud, but I'm probably going to burn that over to Ordinals because um, now there's things like reinscription. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Parent, it's, parent child, right? It's perfect. So it's like now there's this like tool on Ordinals, which even adds another layer of excitement and complexity. So I'm probably going to do that. Not probably, I'm going to do that. It's just a matter of time. I got to, like once I get past the Ninja Alerts collection, I'll probably move immediately in my focus to that. Um, so yeah, now we can find a whole new layer of an avenue of fun for the collectors of this year's self out collection. But at the time, that was what was fun for me is having the ability to change a metadata and flip the images whenever I want on a moment's notice. Uh, but of course, you know, as long, I think as an artist, if you're making that clear to your collectors that that's something that's going to happen, great. It would be kind of messed up to like to not make that clear and just to flip things on people. It's kind of messed up, in my opinion. So, yeah, it is a very um, two-way street, double-sided coin situation, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really do appreciate both of those things. But I ultimately lean in the favor of the immutability of Bitcoin. Yeah. And, and, and you know that is coming. It, oh, I'm, I'm sure it's already here. Just I don't think people have uh, created many collections like that. But with the parent child and then the reinscription, if you own the parent uh, uh, inscription ordinal, then you will have the ability to reinscribe the child, and so you can change that. And that I think that's what you're talking about, Boozy, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's um, yeah, a bit of an opt-in situation. I would um, uh, like I said, I would, I'd want the collectors to know that what what want them to know what they're getting into. But yeah, yeah. So there's a whole new avenue of fun that um didn't really exist. It wasn't even fathomable like six months ago. Yeah. And and uh, I think the marketplaces will probably have an indicator for that for people that are shopping. Hey, look, this is a child inscription. So that would be uh, necessary, in my opinion, um, to let them know. But uh, my, I have a question for you. So how did you feel when when Trevor approached you about, you know, doing the art for Ninja Alerts? Was that something like that caught you off guard? Because he has a pretty big presence. So what, what was that like? Well, so I, I was already kind of working with Ninja Alerts prior to that, um, a little bit on the side. Like I worked with um, Max, Max, the co-founder of Ninja Alerts. I believe he's the co-founder. So Trevor, forgive me, and Max, forgive me if I'm wrong when I'm saying this, but I believe he's the co-founder. Um, he approached me to do some some work for the website. They were building out their their version two or three or whatever the update was at the time of their website. He just he liked my art style. He liked the the work that you see in the PFP it was very similar at the time. I was doing a lot of work under that existing style, and he wanted me to do his little ninjas form. And I did a couple. It was like four or five graphics I did just to help them kind of put some cool stuff on their website. And then Trevor approached me a few months later saying, hey, like, I like this ninja. This little ninja thing could be something. We could build upon this little character you built. Um, and that's what you see in, like, Trevor's PFP, like, that primary face. Like, I, mean, I it's the, the metadata will say, like, classic ninja alerts ninja or something like that. But uh, that little face is kind of, like, what they were really drawn to. And he was like, hey, can we do 1,500 of these? <laughs> I was like, uh, 1500 that? Like, that, how? I mean, how do you do that? Like, so yeah, I wasn't, I, I guess, I mean, I was surprised because, yeah, Trevor's, Trevor's, a, you know, a big player in this space. And, you know, so it was, um, it was a bit of a surprise to be asked to do that collection. But at the time, I've already been kind of like talking to them. So it wasn't like completely catching me off guard. But no, I was, I was thrilled. I mean, I was thrilled for the opportunity to work with them. Um, Trevor is a visionary. He's got, he's got this way of like, like when I'm talking, I'm talking on calls, like he's so like he'll he'll come up with ideas within his ideas. Like it's so interesting to talk to him. Like he'll have an idea and then like explain his idea. I'm like, oh, I got another idea based on this idea. And it's like he just spitballs to himself. It's weird. I'm just, like, I'm just here, man. I'm just listening to you. Like he just goes on these tangents of like creativity and things just coming to his brain. Like he's a visionary and it's it's always it's always amazing to watch him work. So I'm stoked to work with him and the team. And then uh, Max is the exact opposite of that in terms of Max is OCD. Max is the guy that is responsible for the color palette that is Ninja Alerts. I was very I'm very proud of my color palettes. Like I, I love my color. I'm very proud of them. And like Max just hit the door in on me and was like, your color palette's shit. Like he, he <laughs> flat out said that to me, like basically wow. your color palette sucks. Like it's wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? Like <laughs> he mathematically showed me why my color palettes are not right. Like it was amazing. It, it's, it's fascinating to work with this, this, the duality of these two, you know, you got Trevor, this big brain. It's like, he's thinking of, just everything you can think of, you know, futures years ahead. And then Max is just like OCD, like very detailed, like everything is mathematical. It's it's a, a very weird environment to be in. I'm just like in the middle, like, just tell me what to do, man. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. 
Um, but of course they, they give me the creative freedom that I have to do, you know, Ninja Alerts and some of the branding that we're doing for, for Ninja Alerts. So it's, um, yeah, to answer your question, it was, um, it was a surprise, but at the same time, like I've already been talking to them. So I wasn't like completely caught off guard, but I was thrilled for the opportunity for sure. Awesome. Hey man. All right, man. This has been absolutely amazing. We appreciate your time. Uh, this is, that's, it's been great. Um, so this is kind of the, the part of the show where we kind of give you the stage to talk to our community. Um, you can really say any anything you want. The stage is yours. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you to you guys, man. Thanks for having me on this show. Um, thank you for anyone that listens back to the show, anyone listening, of course. Um, thank you for the entire ordinal space, man. Like we we all we all show up every single day, and like I don't think we get enough credit individually. Like you guys, you don't get enough credit individually for showing up and doing this every day. Like, it's going to be another interesting Thanksgiving, I think, for all of us when we tell our our, our parents and our grandparents and our family, <laughs> "What have you been working on in the basement for the last year?" Oh, this little magic internet bean art, mom. You know, it's it's a. Uh, so that's yeah. when that's Shout when everybody out. goes and gets dessert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's all like every 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 Thanksgiving, I get to drone on about how the U.S. dollar is shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah, I would just I would encourage everyone to check out what we're doing with counterfeit culture. Um, you know, Prism is an absolute machine. I have never worked with someone as driven and as as as, as inspired as he is to help bring art to Bitcoin. I mean, the guy the guy is a machine, and he really genuinely cares about the art. He cares about the artists, and I am very very happy to work with him. Um, like I said earlier, he's at the helm of the ship and I'm just happy to be there, you know, as his first mate, helping him along the way and onboarding artists and, and building out this madness that is counterfeit culture. Um, so definitely check that out. And then, of course, you know, Ninja Alerts, too. I mean, um, not only is this some pretty cool art, it's a little quirky. It's a little fun. I'm very proud of the art we've done with this project so far. Um, but it's a cool it's a cool DGEN tool as well. Once you get the Ninja Alert Ninja, you also get access to the Ninja Alerts platform which is a pretty cool DGEN trading tool for ordinals. And um, I think once the, the bull market comes back and the volume is through the roof, it'll be pretty badass to have access to that tool and to um, get the insights to the trades and whatnot. And again, we all like gambling a little bit, but this will give you a little bit of an edge, of course, to have a Ninja Alert Ninja in your wallet. So um, yeah, man, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure love everything you're doing. I love that you're giving spotlights to the artists and the creators and, and the, the DJs like me in the space as well. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Uh, like I said, we know you're super busy with so much stuff going on. You, you uh, took time out of your day to jump on with us and our community and the ordinals community, and they learned a little bit more about you today. So we, we appreciate that. And uh, we know you're going to, you know, kick ass and, and release some great stuff. So we're excited to see what, what you got coming. Yeah, man. And if you ever ever need a platform to come on and talk, um, you're always open here. Just send me a DM. We'll get you right on. Or if and if you know any artists who need need that, you know that that breakout moment, please send them here, and we'll we'll love to have them on. Yeah, def I, yeah, definitely know a handful of artists. Um, I know you guys are working with some already and doing some interviews for some of the great artists on Bitcoin so far. From from what I've heard, so excellent to hear that. And then, um, yeah, guys, if you want, let's uh let's build some weird, cool Pokemon card stuff we talked about earlier you know it's it's a great idea <laughs> yeah for sure for sure we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to jump on a private call 
And, and yeah. so we don't we don't give everybody our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you, Boozy. Uh, you have yourself a good night, and we'll talk to you soon, sir. All right, guys. Have a good one. Be easy. I'll see you all around. All right, see you, buddy. Good. Well, absolutely amazing. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy, man. Uh, you know, the prism kind of told us a lot of good things about him and everything he said was absolutely true. He's been, he was, is an absolutely great person. Yeah. I mean, insane, positive energy vibes you could feel from him. And we just get that from the ordinal space in general. Right. But like, like when you get someone like boozy on that, like is, is someone that's kind of like blossoming into like his own right now, uh, you know, getting, his name out there uh you know ninja alerts is a big deal that he's the artist for that because sure. the people behind it are big in the space plus like you know his prints are, are are popular on gamma counterfeit culture i mean like what else could you do right like he's he's really set up for like like success but not only that like when you when you hear him he's passionate and he wants what's best for the space you could tell yeah. you know so i love when we get uh, a guest like boozy on the show because yeah. We could probably talk for another hour to him. We really could. We really could. If this wasn't our second show today, we probably would have talked a lot, a lot longer. I, I, but I, I wanted to talk to him about Prince, but I knew that. I was like, okay, I think it's, uh, yeah, we yeah. can talk about a lot of stuff. We'll, we'll get him on for a, a Yeah, a, definitely a second around episode. two. Yeah, I know. We definitely have some more stuff to talk about. And, you know, it would be nice when um, Ninja Lords maybe come out. Maybe if he wants to come on for that, that would, that would be nice. But definitely have him on again. And, uh, yeah, so we appreciate you guys for – for watching if you guys can't watch you can definitely listen we're on apple we're on spotify we appreciate you guys appreciate every single view every single like every single comment and uh, keep doing it for us thank you yeah go support these artists because you supporting them and, and getting a couple prints not financial yeah. advice but could be a little something something down the road but yeah we appreciate yeah. you like shizzy said nothing's financial advice on here we are here for research and a platform for all the builders in the space that are legitimate yeah. and positive so we love you guys and uh, peace. To to your point, real quick though, n- not everything has to, has to be an investment, right? Like buying buying this art doesn't have to be an investment. You know what I mean? It could just be something that you're you well, know you're, you're personal. You're, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I just wanted to point it out. Thank you guys. Peace. Peace.